Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome the audience today to join me as we meet Tara Thomas. So Tara, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in the school library. Sure. Um, This is my 10th year as a school librarian here at Hutchison School. I've only served here as a librarian. Um, I previously taught fourth and fifth grade in our public school systems. At the time we had two systems. Now we have one. Um, And I also worked as a substitute for a time and and honestly just got burned out with teaching. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to go back to school. Um, and pursue my library information specialist certification. Okay. Um, and so where, where is Hutchison School? Sure. Hutchison School is in Memphis in uh, what we call East Memphis okay. um, part, part of the city. Uh, we are really in an urban area. Um, we, are, uh, we have a, a public high school right across the street from us. Um, and then we're surrounded by houses on the other side. So it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting place to be. All right. And, and is that a public school district or is it a different kind of system? Okay. So the system that we're in is the um, independent schools. So we're, we're, we are a private school here in Memphis. Okay. Um, and there are several private schools, independent private schools here in Memphis. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And I believe no, and we're all, Go ahead. Oh, and we're all girls on top of that. So that's another wow. interesting piece. We are pre-K to 12, all girls. All girls. Wow. Yes. What about your teaching staff? Is that all female too, or are there men? Oh, no, no. Um, for the lower grades, and that's just the way it works, um, we do have all females just because it tends to be the upper, upper grades have males. Okay. But we do have men uh, faculty, yes. Okay. Very good. And I think that you're the first person that I've interviewed from Tennessee. So could you tell us a little bit about the process of becoming a school librarian in Tennessee? Sure. Um, basically, it depends on the size of the school as to what uh, requirements you have to have to be a librarian. Okay. Um, if, you, if you earn a school library media specialist uh, certification, then you can be a school librarian anywhere in the state of Tennessee. Um, My particular school does require a master's, but I already had a master's in education. Okay. So I was able to just take, do a 15 month course. um, And it's really hard to find courses. I don't think it's anywhere that you can go in person in Tennessee. So um, I did it completely online. Okay. um, And I earned my uh, certification that way. Okay. And do you know, does Tennessee require people to have taught in, in a school system before they become a librarian or are there any rules like that? No, you can just go and get your um, master's degree okay. um, in library science. Um, if, you, if, you have teaching ex- if you have teaching experience, uh, a teaching degree, mm-hmm. then you only have to get the certification. So no, you could just go for a straight uh, master uh, of library science degree okay. and just do that. You do not have to have teaching um, okay. I love hearing all the different ways the states um, in America do that. You know, they have different requirements and it's 
it, you know, it's, it's great because it fits a variety of different needs that our, our states need. So that's great. That's true. Okay. All right. So can tell, tell us some, a story or two about your first years in the library. What were that, what was that like? Okay. Well, going not just from public, but to private and going from a, uh, uh, dealing with boys and girls to all girls, uh -huh. it was a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. um, I was very overwhelmed and I kept, people kept telling me, but this is your library, do what you want to do. But that was a very scary idea for me. <laughs> I'm trying to learn the ropes. Right. And are you really serious about me saying that this is my space? So the biggest thing was the first couple of years I was a part of the specials rotation. Okay. So being able to manage the classes, do check out, you know, all of that and have them ready for the next class was, was a lot the first year. But mm -hmm. thankfully, the people on the rotation with me were very kind. We have art, uh, dance, uh, we have uh, music, Chinese, and Spanish. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so trying to work with them and then also with my school, I do have quite a bit of, of freedom for, as to what I do, but they do want what we do as specials teachers to work with what the classroom teachers are doing. So if they're studying frogs, then I need to make sure that we hit that, you know, within that time. Or if they're studying uh, native culture, then I need to make sure that we're doing that within that time. So I do have some freedom, but they do want us to type to, to kind of work in and really be specials teachers um, and in the schools with their schools. It's a great way to be to show that you're an instructional partner like that. You know, absolutely, yeah, absolutely important. Okay, um, anything else from your first year that you remember? Um, weeding. <laughs> I had to weed a lot. Um, I think anyone starting out just wrapping your mind around what you want your library to be and what people are used to your library being is a lot. Um, and I was, I was very scared to weed at first because I didn't want to step on toes. Yeah. Um, but there were some things that just really had to go. And I think once I started talking to the girls and asking them what they wanted, they kept saying, I want books about girls like me. But when I got here, it was tons of classics. There were lots of things that were 30 or 40 years, you know, old mm -hmm. um, that were not classics that no one was reading and it was just there. So I used that as, as my reasoning behind weeding what I weeded. And I'm glad that I did because ultimately it is the girl's space. Right. And if we can have it, you know, looking as classic as we want, but if it's not what the girls want to read, then we're just, we're just book warehouses and that's not what we were supposed to be. Very true. Very good. All right. Well, if you could send any advice back to your professional self at the beginning, is there anything that you would tell yourself? Um, to believe it when they say that this is your library, you know, um, people say that all the time. And I started to listen to that. And that's when things started to change. Yes, I'm using the school's money to purchase uh, books. Mm -hmm. And so I do have to be mindful of that. I do have to be mindful of my students and their families. Uh, but in the end, it is my space. And so whatever your mark is, if you're strong in technology, if you're strong in story time, if you're strong in um, the cultural piece of a library or reading, then 
put your stamp on it and really make it your space. Okay, very good. All right, well, give us a little update on um, what your school is in, what kind of position you're in right now. Um, a lot of schools in different states are still closed or they're doing you know, remote or hybrid. What's going on in your area? Right, so we have been, um, we started school at our regular time. So we started the second week of August. So we've been in quite a while. Yes. Um, and we have a hybrid model. Um, it is up to the fan. Okay, first of all, we're pre-K two-year-olds to 12th grade. Oh, so wow. we really function as four <laughs> different schools. Okay. And so I work with early childhood and lower school. Okay. Within early childhood and lower school, we are doing a hybrid model, okay. which means that the children, we are here on campus, but the children can choose to join us like through their iPad, a school iPad or with computers in the classroom, which is a challenge um, <laughs> because you're trying to manage the class, do checkouts and all of that and, and try to engage the child who is at home. Oh man, um, it'd be hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it is difficult. Um, I'm not as well versed in what middle school and upper school are doing. I, I feel like they're doing a couple of days on campus and a couple of days on the computer just because the girls are older and they can manage that time. Yeah. But we heard very early on that we would probably in early childhood and lower school be on campus just because the young children really need that interaction. Yeah. Um, we are as socially distanced as possible, which is a good thing for private school because we do have lower numbers. Um, my fellow librarians and educators who are in public, which I remember all too well, it is very, very difficult to do that with a class that, you know, in the oh, 20s, 30s. You're right. right. Okay. So we do have that, that, that idea to be able to have that space in between. So yeah, we're doing the hybrid model here and I go into the classrooms. The children are not allowed into the library because my space now serves as middle school music, which is quite interesting. <laughs> is that just because it was such a large space that they needed? That is correct. Um, and they're trying to monitor the movements of the middle school and upper school girls. So they're trying to kind of keep them in certain spaces and trying to keep our students like in little pods, little yeah. clusters. Yeah. And so all of us who are special teachers will go, go to the classroom um, and then we just kind of get what we need from our spaces and bring it to the classroom. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are finding themselves displaced like that. You know, that they're, yes. they are now a library on wheels. Do, have you found, since you've been going for well over a month now, do you have any tips or anything that you- Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, I am grateful that I did not have to start day one. Normally, I start a library the first day, check out first day of school. Um, but it, this gave me time to do a reader survey. I highly recommend that with students, even your young students, um, to just find out what they're interested in reading. Um, and we did that the first week. And then the second week, I had to break the news to them that, no, you're not coming to see me. I'm coming to see you. But since you shared with me what you liked, then, you know, I can use that as a guide as to what to bring. To oh, the point. Good. Yes. I was thinking about that, like a survey for that purpose. But yes, right. really good point. Okay. Do you have a lot of carts? Are you just having the one cart you're using over and over again? I am. Um, since, <laughs> since 
I am not using my library the way I normally would. What I would use for display, I now have pulled books from the shelf and I put them on top of the shelves by grade level. Okay. So that way, or, you know, kind of sort of grade level. Yeah. And I can pull those very quickly and put those on the cart. Plus we're doing the quarantining of books. So that has taken up a lot of my cart space as well. Okay. Just trying to be extra special, extra careful with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's some good tips there that you've, you've given people. Thank you very much. Um, Absolutely. I love to hear people talk about the influence that they have on their campus um, because it's, librarians have a really unique role. So tell us a little bit about the kind of influence you have where you are. Okay. Um, I feel that our job is to quench each other, quench the curiosity of the people that we serve. Um, everyone is curious about something. Um, and once they find out that they can go to you as a trusted person, then it, your influence just grows automatically. Once they know that I have had teachers to ask for books for their classrooms, but I've also had teachers to ask for books for their personal children um, who might be having some reading difficulties. Or so I had someone ask just last night, I need a book on helping my three-year-old learn to follow directions, <laughs> um, which is a struggle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and so I try to provide that. So some is personal and, and as well as uh, educational. And also we spend so much time here. A lot of times you don't have to, time to browse um, your public library. So mm -hmm. if it's a book that we have, again, we're pre-K-12. There is another librarian on campus who serves the fifth through 12th grade girls. Right. So we do have adult books. Um, and sometimes we are able to pull those books to give to teachers for pleasure reading, you know, or, or whatever as well. Mm -hmm. So we are there to quench whatever their curiosity is and to help them find the best way to, to figure those things out, um, whether it be online or in books. Okay, very good. So is there anything new that you're trying to work on this coming year? I, I wish I had the time. <laughs> um, I really overwhelming right now. <laughs> yes, this, this has been a lot. Just the physical movement. Our campus is 52 acres. Oh, wow. um, and so even though I don't serve, officially serve middle and upper, I, I will, you know, send books to them as needed, but just getting the cart from place to place, planning <laughs> lessons for the little kids. Is that uh, outdoors? Are you having to move your cart outdoors? I am having to move my cart outdoors. I yes, think so. about what comes for you. <laughs> yeah, it, yes. Oh, <laughs> and I will say if, if, we, if you're looking for a tip, a shower curtain works great to, to drape over your book cart. I have had to do that twice already. We've had a couple of rainy days. A rain, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and water is not books, a book fest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've also the cultural piece. For me, that has become important for okay. me. Um, our Memphis is by a slight margin, predominantly black, maybe by 2%. Mm -hmm. um, but my school is predominantly white. Uh, we do have uh, children from all over and children who have all types of beliefs and come from many cultures. 
And so I feel like it is my job to bring that into the school because what children see outside of this school is very culturally diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that that is important. So we celebrate lots of holidays. We discuss um, a lot about like we're doing Hispanic Heritage Month this month and bringing those into uh, the classroom. So that's influence as well. And, and especially being in the classroom um, and having teachers hear what I'm talking about, I believe has influenced some things because they'll ask me, where did you get that website from? Or where did you get that book from? So all of those little things are ways that we can influence our schools. It definitely. And I saw your little Frida Kahlo doll that you had on, on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> the girls loved it. <laughs> all right. So you, you've talked a lot about um, culturally diverse things and um, just you be more aware of things. Let's talk a little bit more about um, what, what you're passionate about. Sure. Um, so my main thing um, is let your passion lead and you will lead others. If it's something that you're excited about, you can't help but to share it. And a lot of times when I listen to podcasts and, and other things with librarians, you hear a lot about technology. Um, honestly, I use technology as a means to an end. Like, obviously, I can do it. My degree was completely online. Yeah. Um, and I've done lots of other workshops and things where it's completely online. But my main thing is the cultural piece. My main thing is the stories that I can share with those students. And then that allows them to share their stories with me yeah. and making those personal connections. That's the most important thing um so for my job um and especially for young new librarians you'll find that it's very difficult to find workshops that deal with librarianship so you have to think about what are you interested in when i taught i taught for 10 years in the public school system and my favorite things to teach were history and social studies okay um and so when i would look around for workshops and PD to do, I had to look from that vein and I found that I enjoyed it more, but mm -hmm. also I was able to bring that into the library. Um, and that made me more excited about sharing it with students. Um, and, and I think that it made me a better librarian. Um, and I think that also led me to, to be brave enough to try for um, the Fulbright Teachers for Global Classrooms program. Wow. Um, a couple of years ago, okay. and I was honored to be a part of that. Um, that allowed me to travel to Colombia. Thankfully, we did that last summer, <laughs> not this current yeah, summer. Not this summer. Yeah. And to, Tell yeah, me and to, little, what is that exactly? Like, I mean, I recognize Fulbright, obviously, but what is the part about global classrooms? What are, what are they? Yeah, sure. Um, one thing, like I said, being brave enough to try, when you hear Fulbright, it can be very intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, but there are so many different programs that they have. Okay. Um, and, and the Fulbright Teachers for Global Classrooms program, you do not have to be, obviously, a classroom teacher. Okay. You just have to work in a school. It can be public, private. It can be uh, secondary, elementary, whatever. Um, all you have to have is a desire to, to make your classroom, to make your space more global and, okay. and a curiosity for that. Um, and so there is, you know, you have paperwork that you do have to fill out. Uh, you do have to take a class. It's, oh gosh, several month long classes, completely online. Okay. But they give you many, many um, digital 
um, lessons that you can use. It really helped me to greatly understand how to use that even in librarianship. Um, it also grew my uh, PLC mm -hmm. um, because you have to use Twitter, you have to use Instagram in order to communicate with them. Um, so it really stretched. It really helped me to grow. Um, and I truly appreciate having that opportunity um, to be a part of that. So really don't allow that to, to scare you. They were very kind. Any questions that I had, they were able to help me with, whether it was technological questions or whatever. Um, and, and it allowed me to meet a wonderful group of people. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to travel to Columbia, like I said, and we stayed there about a month. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and we're able to visit different schools and see the work that they were doing in different schools across the country. Um, we were able to have a week long time. I had a, another librarian that joined me. She's from, um, oh gosh, uh, from Kentucky. No, from West Virginia. Oh my gosh, from West Virginia. Um, and we we were able to go and visit um, a school in Columbia and share with them. And they're just very curious about what we do here, oh, sure. um, what life is like here. So it was great to have those conversations and then bring those back to the students here so they could to compare and contrast their life with those students. So was there any expense on your end? Very, very little. Um, it is paid for, your travel is paid for by the government. Uh, it is sponsored by the U.S. Department of State. Okay. Um, and so they take, there was a slight fee for like vaccinations, mm -hmm. um, but as far as a stipend for your food, uh, we were shown a wonderful time. It was all extremely safe. Wow. Um, air, airplanes, uh, air, airline uh, tickets were taken care of, accommodations were taken care of, oh, um, and very nice accommodations. So it was just an outstanding experience. And we had, we got a chance to, to meet wonderful educators across the country. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to even go to uh, their Department of State. So a lot of, kind of felt special <laughs> having those experiences. I bet. That is really neat. So when you came back, of course, you said you shared with your classroom. Were there any other expectations that you had to do when you came back? Like once a week? Not really, but I did share with the greater faculty. They did ask me to speak uh, to our faculty. Like I said, we're pre-K-12. Okay. Um, and so I did have to do, a, I was asked to do a presentation with them. Okay. Um, and, and it was great. It was really good to be able to, to show people what you do. Because a lot of times we have these experiences and we just kind of sit on them. And I think if they hadn't asked me, I would have asked them if I could share. And, and that's what we have to do as librarians as well. We have to find ways to share what we're doing with others. Well, in case you piqued anybody's interest, I will put a link to that National Endowment for the Humanities. Um, that you shared with me so people can look at those summer programs because what an outstanding way to to grow you know like grow yourself oh abs absolutely absolutely and from that you meet other people who will want to grow with you and, and through them i found out about my state organizations i'm a part of the tennessee historical society the okay. tennessee geographic society and it sounds stuffy <laughs> <laughs> but they really are not. They're doing amazing work trying to bring life to, to geography and to history, which sometimes can be kind of dead. But I will say that technology has helped bring that to life in a way that I would not have imagined. 
I'm sure. All right. Okay. So Tara, what else do you do to, to keep yourself learning and growing as a librarian? Oh, wow. It's overwhelming. <laughs> um, I do listen to podcasts, including yours. I appreciate the work that you do to try to, to, to help new librarians understand what to do. But I've also learned a lot myself. And like I said, this is my 10th year. And I feel like it's always something we can learn yeah. uh, from podcasts. Um, there are lots of um, book talking podcasts that I listen to. Um, but I would also say find a podcast that just interests you, whether it's fashion or cooking or whatever, because a lot of times that can inform uh, decisions that you make mm -hmm. in your library. Good point. Um, I, I attend webinars and I like webinars because a lot of times I don't have time throughout the school day. But if you can um, register for the webinars and they will send you a recording so you can watch it later on. So I highly suggest webinars, whether it's to learn about new books or learn about two new, yeah, new technologies. Mm -hmm. um, and I also uh, am a member of ALA and AASL. And that's another way for them to send you a lot of uh, information through Twitter, through your email, through Instagram, whatever your, your choice of communication is. So, and I do read, <laughs> obviously, but a lot of times it's, it's easier to get those quick, you know, online bursts of information. And, yeah. and yeah, that can be overwhelming. So learning to curate, curate that is also a part of what, what I have to do as a librarian as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I know I've seen you very active on Instagram. I, ha I haven't looked for your name on Twitter just because I see you on Instagram with tons of yeah. super cute pictures. Yeah, um, thank you. Little ones, it's, it's really cute. So let our listeners know where can they find you on social media so they can keep learning from you. Sure. Um, a part of curating this, Twitter is something I use sometimes. <laughs> I find that it's very helpful in learning about authors. I've just received two free books from an author just by, you know, communicate with them, communicating with them right. or entering a contest. Mm -hmm. um, and you find a lot about the new things that they're about to do, which is really cool. Um, so my Twitter is at Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S-T-T, one, two, two, three. So that's my Twitter handle. All right. Um, on Facebook, my, the biggest way librarian-wise is I'm a part of the Elementary Librarian Exchange, which is a Facebook group, yes. and I highly suggest that. I mean, being a librarian can feel really lonely, even though I have another librarian on campus with me. Our jobs are to keep us so busy, and a lot of times what we're doing is so different. Mm -hmm. But when you have those feelings of, am I the only one, or am I crazy, <laughs> going to a Facebook group and seeing that other people are saying the same things yes. is great. And also it gives you a way to help librarians. They just, we come with all kinds of questions. What would you read for this student? What would you find here? So the elementary librarian exchange, I would highly recommend. Yeah, it's a very friendly group, super friendly. Yeah. yeah. And then on Instagram, I'm at honeybee hive live. Our mascot is the honeybee. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cool. Right. So the children are here. It's like a hive. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> so my handle is at honeybee hive live and that's for librarian on Instagram. Well, great. Well, Tara, it's been so nice talking to you today and you've done some pretty amazing things in the 10 years um, that you've been in the library and uh, 
and I love that you're still growing, you know, and still reaching out. And that's so important to stay engaged that way. So thank you so much for sharing today. It was really fun talking to you. Nice getting yeah. to see you. Okay. Thank you. And it was good to speak with you as well. This has been my pleasure. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Well, have a great day. And, and listeners, if you'll check the show notes, you'll be able to find out more information about Tara. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you.